Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm joined by Keith Niebuhr. I am Brandon Marcello, both of us with AuburnUndercover.com, the 24-7 Sports Network. National Signing Day is complete. You all know that. And we're already looking ahead to 2020. And the reason why is Auburn picked up a commitment the day after signing day from a position of need. Offensive lineman Avery Jernigan, the 2020 class, committed to Auburn, a four-star prospect. Keith, uh, what can you tell us about him? And uh, what is Auburn expecting here as they move into this 2020 class over these next few months? Well, this was a a much-needed commitment. I mean, can you imagine saying somebody's a much needed commitment on day one of the new cycle. But you, you read, you know, you wrote the story yourself. Gus Malzahn told you, Hey, Auburn's got to go out and sign a bunch of offensive linemen, uh, maybe up to seven. I mean, I guess Brandon, you and I talked about this. Some of it will be determined by if they add any transfers during the off season, but you know, maybe seven, maybe more. I don't know. Six to eight probably is the best guess. They need offensive linemen. Look, only signed three on Wednesday or yeah, three in the 2019 class, two in December, one on Wednesday. I'm still getting used to saying that, but three total, only two last year. You know, that's just not cutting at five over a two year period. You know, you got to have 15, 16 linemen on your team at all time. They could, you know, as you point out, they could graduate or lose every projected starter. Uh, on the team after next year. So they got to really rebuild. Now you would have liked them to do that in this cycle, but you know, you can't cry. You got to keep recruiting and you, you got to keep pushing. And Avery Jernigan's a really good player. He's listed at six foot three, 278 pounds. A couple things I want to point out. He's bigger than that. That's just the last known, you know, verifiable measurements we have of him, but probably six, four and about two ninety right now. Uh, the second thing is, while he's listed as an offensive tackle in our database, that's going to change. He is an inside player. Now, look, he could grow. If he's six seven in a year, that'll change back to tackle. But he's an inside guy. They've told him that. He knows that. He's cool with that. Uh, he's a very athletic player. Plays tackle and guard at, at uh, Pierce County, Georgia, which is in Blackshear, uh, a small town in the middle of the state. Uh, you know, very physical country boy. Uh, fits that Auburn mentality, that workman, workman-like mentality that uh, the, the, the guys that have come into Auburn with that through the years are the ones that have really succeeded. Uh, he's got a lot of ability. Uh, Brandon, you watch his film. He's super athletic for a tackle. He can get out there. He can block on the perimeter. He can get to the second level. There's a few plays on video where he's blocking 20, 25 yards downfield. Uh, you know, you'd like to play him play with better pad level. That's pretty common for a lot of these young guys. They're they're so used to being physically stronger than everybody that they don't get into the dirt as much as they should. But he finishes blocks. He's physical. He's a punishing blocker. Uh, a lot of pancakes on that video highlight tape of his, a lot of them. Uh, so this is a good get. This is uh, offensive line commit number one. They beat out South Carolina. People probably say, well, why wasn't Georgia involved? Uh, well, you know, Georgia signed a lot of linemen the last few years. They don't have as big a need in 2020 as Auburn does, at least not yet. If they have a couple guys leave early for the NFL, that could change. But, uh, yeah, really good player. Auburn really, Brandon, identified him as a major target. You know, gosh, long time ago, six, eight, seven, eight months ago, a long time ago, he was at, at Auburn last summer. He was at multiple games in the fall. Uh, he's always felt at home at Auburn. It's it's one of the schools that's closest to home for him, being from the middle of Georgia, middle south Georgia. Um uh, so it, it just seemed like a natural fit. I put in a crystal ball pick for him back in October and just felt like this is where it was always going to end up. And you know, he's not dumb, Brandon. He, look, he's reading your stories and he's reading my stories and he's seeing, well, wait a second, they haven't signed that many guys the last few years and they're going to have a big need in 2020. I could maybe come in and play 
fairly early in my career. So uh, a huge pickup for Auburn. I mean, he's a legit player. I suspect his ranking is just going to go up and up and up as more people see him. And you remember, he's kind of off the beaten path where he lives. So as he gets to um, the opening regionals and Under Armour camps and Adidas camps and things like that, and he gets a little bit more exposure, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves up in the eyes of some uh, some ranking systems. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You know, uh, Gus Malzahn, uh, off to the side after signing day, I asked him how many players could you sign along the offensive line? Could you sign seven? And he said, yeah, I could see that. He said, you know, and that matches what would be his largest class. So, you know, the previous largest class actually before him was uh, Gene Chizik's final season at Auburn, 2012 recruiting class when he signed six offensive linemen. And Auburn has signed 10 offensive linemen over the last four years which is incredible to think. They've also, because of that, they've gone off uh, into the transfer market, picked up three offensive linemen over the last two seasons. Two of those guys panned out, but then they were only kind of like one-year fixes other than Jack Driscoll, who's going to be around for a couple years and will be a starter at right tackle next season. I think also what's huge for Auburn is that, as we broke on at AuburnUndercover.com, Calvin Ashley, who can play tackle or guard, uh, he was not with the team in December and missed the latter half of the season as he was dealing with some personal medical issues. He's back with the team and participating in team activities and is expected to participate in spring. If he can get everything together, uh, that's another guy that's in the rotation. Auburn needs badly because they have their starting five back for next season, but who are the backups? Yeah. That's the big question. They don't have a lot of depth. And as you said, going to 2020, they will be rebuilding literally from scratch and they've got to get at least a couple guys ready. I think Nick Brahms obviously will be ready at center. Um, and then you look at Calvin Ashley, potentially that could be two of your centerpieces as you try to find the other three guys, if they can stick around and continue to develop. And then also, What'll be interesting to watch is everybody kind of assumes that Auburn will go on the transfer market and go find an offensive lineman or two and to contribute immediately. Well, Auburn's not necessarily believing in that right now. They believe that they can go out and go get an undergraduate transfer in the transfer porter who's on the offensive line. Should one pop up and catch their attention, one that will sit out a year due to NCAA transfer um, uh, rules and then allow them to develop and put them in a position to where they are maybe starting in 2020 or at least in the two deep, which will be very interesting to see because Auburn, as I said, needs that depth. So they could go the transfer market for an offensive lineman, but unlike the last two years, it'll be someone that they bring in and kind of develop for a year so they can get them ready for 2020 because 2020 uh, so low on Lyman, as we've said, but this is a good start for Auburn, giving Avery Jer- Jernigan and potentially six more on the way. Keith, you were telling me before we started recording, uh, Florida actually had a similar uh, plan going into this signing period and signing so many offensive linemen. I can, Brand, I want to backtrack if, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, first of all, the fact that you were talking to Gus to the side now leads me to believe that Gus Malzahn is your inside source, the guy who is giving you all the stuff. <laughs> I mean, you were breaking everything on signing day. I, hate, I mean, honestly, Brandon, you and I like each other, but we also compete against each other, even though you were, you know what I mean? I was getting a little jealous there, man. I'm not going to lie. That was incredible. You did a great job. Uh, but Gus has been added as your source. It's pretty obvious now, I think. But uh, 
Listen, it was not Gus. I will confirm it was not Gus. <laughs> well, you have signed uh, seven guys this year, and in fact, they had to. They had to sign that many. Now, the problem is it's great. You're going to have com- competition, you know, but when you're signing seven guys, six, seven guys, they're not all going to be four- and five-star guys, okay, because uh, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, the, people look at depth charts and – and uh, they're thinking, okay, well, wait a second. If there's six other four stars coming in, that's going to be a little hard for me. So you're going to have to do mid three stars and above mostly. But those guys, you know, offensive line's developmental. I mean, Markel Harrell was a three-star guy. Uh, you know, Mike Horton was a three-star guy. So, the, you know, it can be done. That's one place it can be done if you're projecting well and if you work with guys and, you know. Uh, but seven or more, it's interesting. That's a lot of guys. That's going to be a lot of competition. But, again, the bad thing is that you may have to count on some of those guys to play early. That's not ideal. One or two guys is okay if they're really good guys. But you don't want to be plugging in true freshmen that really aren't ready. Uh, one guy you didn't mention, Austin Troxel. I think he's going to be a starter in 2020. That's oh, of course, yeah. yeah I should have mentioned. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not knocking you there. But you know, I think if you have Troxel, Brahms, and if Calvin Ashley can get physically and mentally right, I still say he's got a lot of potential. I mean, gosh, he's only been at Auburn two years. Uh, you know, he's got. NFL abilities is you know is he tough enough I guess Brandon that's always been the question but and if and if you can get those three guys ready yeah. all of a sudden you have your entire right side of the line for 2020 that's right and you know we've always heard, heard good things about Brodarius Ham and Tashawn Manning I mean gosh you know JB Grimes was telling me last summer hey I think Tashawn Manning could be a player uh, the question then is you know who's your left tackle obviously that's going to be big you know, when you sign Calvin Ashley, you're thinking he's going to be your left tackle of the future, but you know, maybe he's not going to be that guy. But you're right. You know, if you're Auburn right now, people are saying, All right, what about grad transfers? You know, I'm not sure that's the way to go on the offensive line. For one thing, a grad transfer, Brandon, if you're at, if you're at North Carolina right now and you're unhappy and you want out because there's a new staff and you're looking around, are you going to say, oh, Auburn looks like a place I could go start at immediately when they have – every returning starter back on the offensive line, that that's going to be hard. Those guys want to be assured that you're going to be starting. They're not going somewhere to be a backup. That's usually the reason they're leaving because they don't like the situation they're in at the school they're at. So I don't think grad transfers are the way to go for offensive line for this cycle, for 2020. A year from now, yeah, they may need one. But right now, I don't think so. I think you're right. You go get some transfers that are good players that can sit out of here, will practice with the team, get uh, J.B. Grimes tutelage for a year, and then, you know, hopefully if you're Auburn, then they're ready to go. Uh, but, yeah, you're, I, I think that's absolutely the way to go. But, you know, they got to get depth on the offensive line. The last two cycles, by the way, hearing good things about Cameron Stutz, I think you probably have too. So that's a guy they signed last year. Maybe he's got a future. Uh, the question is, you know, like you said, depth, and then who's going to be the left tackle of the future? That's probably where they're going to have to do the grad transfer market. Look, they've had success there before. Jack Driscoll, Austin Golson, uh, Casey Dunn. I mean, good Lord, was that a great find. But, man, you just how long can you rely on that? I mean, are you building a program or are you building a team year to year? Okay? You know, you want to build a program. So uh, 2020 is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Now, you hope that by then you get a quarterback. If, let's suppose Bo Nix is the real deal and he's he can get rid of the ball fast. I mean, you can survive with an okay offensive line, but you can't survive with a bad one. That's just not going to happen, Brandon. But, yeah, Florida signed seven this year. Uh, you know, uh, and like I said, they may not be done. They're they're trying to add a grad transfer right now. Parker Braun from Georgia Tech. So uh, they're trying to foster that competitive environment. And I think if Auburn can sign that many, yeah, those kids are going to come in. They're going to push each other, uh, you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, it's it's not an ideal situation, though. 
having to sign that many one and then two probably having some of them to need to be able to play in that first year not ideal but you know if you get some elite guys you know we'll see may work out it's a it's a little bit baffling to some i'm sure on the outside looking in like why is auburn only signing two to three guys every every year but but yeah and and, but you know auburn you know jv grimes was telling me in august when i was chatting with them that they he wanted five they want five for that to the 2019 cycle but he really wanted six you know personally any offensive line coach will say that i want want an additional guy and they got three yeah um they probably were going maybe thinking they're going to get four but Ira henry who would have been the only offensive tackle in this class picked florida state over auburn on signing day was that a big miss for Auburn, or do you think Auburn would be okay with well, that? You know, they list Justin Osborne as a tackle, but he's 6'4", and, I mean, and that's not to say he can't play tackle. He's got a long reach. When he vi- officially visited, vi- visited Auburn last summer, excuse me, they did all the measurements. He's got a, a reach of a guy 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, you know, there are NFL all-pro tackles that are 6'4". Now, those are freaks of nature, though. So, ideally, you're seeing 6'5 and above for tackle, but look, if a guy can play it, a guy can play it. Uh, we'll have to see. But, no, Ira Henry, I mean, it sort of was a big miss, and it sort of wasn't. For starters, Auburn didn't really get in on him till late. Uh, so, you know, you always knew it was going to be, who knew what, what was going to happen. Where it hurts is you're thinking after he officially visits, all right, you got him, you got him. But then he visited FSU and really fell in love with that school. That uh, I think it was, you know, he really liked FSU. His family was more pro-Auburn, and he won out. And that's fine. You want a kid to be happy. I mean, if a kid goes somewhere and that's not where he wants to be, eight to nine times out of 10, they're not going to thrive. The kid needs to be happy. But, uh, you know, the other thing about him, Brandon, he's listed as a six, five tackle Ira Henry. But you know, when he went to Auburn and we all interviewed him, well, he doesn't seem six, five. He looks more like six, three. I think he's shorter than Justin Osborne and he's got really, you know, really thick legs. So my guess is he was probably going to be an inside guy anyway. Now back to JB Grimes wanting five or six guys, you know, five ideal six would be perfect because you know jb's smart he knows there's attrition he knows that uh, not everybody's going to last all four or five years people are going to people are going to go extra bodies are good it's such a small percentage hit ratio on the offensive line that the more bodies the better but brandon the bottom line is and you and i have talked about this multiple times when you go back from 2013 to now the offensive line signees, not the not the Austin Golsons, Casey Duns, and Jack Driscolls, but the high school signees have just not panned out at the rate that Auburn really needs them to pan out at. I mean, there's just not a lot of success stories from the high school level. You got Braden Smith, and then it's a huge drop off after that. Markel Harrell, there's just not a lot. It, it, they've got to do a better job, not just getting guys, but maybe identifying guys early, evaluate. I, I don't know. Is some of these classes were highly, there were highly rated guys. Everybody wanted them, so you can't say their evaluations were off. They were evaluating the same guys that Bama and Georgia wanted. Bad, you know, and it, some of them just didn't pan out. But they've got to get a higher hit percentage on these guys. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, so you've only signed you signed two last year, three this year. If you if you keep hitting at the same low percentage, well, you have less guys. So, so I mean, you know, less guys at, at a low hit percentage is not ideal. If you're going to have a low hit percentage, you better sign more guys, but you'd like the hit percentage to go up. I mean, they're just, I don't know what the answer is right now. It's got to get better though, because, you know, Auburn's quarterback recruiting and offensive line recruiting has been very helter skelter since Gus got there. Uh, You know, Nick Marshall was a hit. Jared Stidham was a transfer, but elsewhere quarterback, not many hits, right? Offensive lines. Well, their two, their two best quarterbacks are both transfers. Yeah. Nick Marshall 
and and Jared Sinema. You mentioned the offensive line. Yeah. I always look back at that 2015 class, their last big class yeah. of offensive linemen, and that one included Tyler Carr and Bailey Sharp, who never really panned yeah. out. But four star guys, Caleb Kim, four star guy. I mean, they were really highly rated guys on that in that class. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this is the this is the class that's going to get it going. And you're right, they just didn't really. Uh, pan out great kids but and, and you know might have thrived at, at different schools but it, it didn't work out but they, they've got to do a better job I mean and think about this you know not to be too critical but look they're making a lot of money over there and uh, uh, especially Gus and so he's you know he's uh, he's uh, open to criticism obviously but you know Bo Nix could be great he could be the next big thing at Auburn but you start thinking, well, gosh, what if his dad hadn't played at Auburn? I mean, you know what I mean? That kind of fell into their lap a little bit here, too. I mean, let's be honest. So offensive line recruiting and quarterback recruiting uh, have been hit or miss. When they've hit, Auburn's had good teams. When they've missed, you, you know, Jeremy Johnson and, and you know, just hadn't worked out. But, uh, you know, we'll see this offensive line. You know, the defensive line recruiting has been sensational. The offensive line recruiting now has to catch up to that. So what do you think overall with this 2019 class? Who are a couple of guys that really stood out to you and you believe will be stars maybe immediately and then maybe some that will be stars down the line? Uh, obviously, Auburn finished number 11 nationally. Uh, could have actually finished as high as number six should, had receiver George Pickens out of Hoover stuck with this 565-day commitment to Auburn instead of flipping to Georgia later. But we're not going to talk about him right now because he's not with Auburn. But Auburn number 11, they've got some really good talent. And if you go by average ranking rating uh, among players in the 24-7 sports composite, this is the highest rated average of players Auburn has signed since 1999, according to the 24-7 sports composite. Obviously, you could you can deal with numbers. Always heard that you, you make numbers that work in any favor or any way you want. But that's a pretty good average for Auburn at 9-1-1-6. But who could stand out, who could contribute immediately, and who are some of your sleepers in this class, Keith? Yeah, first of all, I gave the whole class a B, and I, I never asked you what you thought of it, but I, I couldn't go any higher, even though the quality's really high. They just didn't really <clears throat> get the production they needed at, on the offensive line, and so that's such a key area. The three guys they signed, very good players, but they needed five, like you said, so uh, you couldn't really give them an A. Look, Bo Nix has got a good shot to be the starting quarterback next year. I don't think there's any question about that. We don't know what Malik Willis and Joey Gatewood and Court Sandberg are going to do with a new quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator and Kenny Dillingham. You know, Joey Gatewood's got a ton of potential now. He he really does. So if it all starts clicking, who knows? I mean, he could really take off. We'll see. But Bo Nix, the future looks really bright. But some guys that I like a lot, Cameron Kelly's a guy nobody really talks about. Maybe the top recruit in Virginia, not in the rankings, but just an overall ability. Uh, four-star cornerback, could play nickel, could play safety. He was a quarterback and defensive back at Oscar Smith High School in Chesapeake, Virginia, the most well-known program in the state of Virginia, the most successful program up there. He's a sensational athlete, and, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about the DBs Auburn signed last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised one bit with Cameron already being on campus that, that he is playing a significant role by midseason next year. I just think he's a star. I've kind of had a couple of Auburn coaches – hint that at me that this is a guy they really 
they really felt like was a big, big get that nobody's talking about. In fact, North Carolina at the end, I mean, Mac Brown got hired, Tim Brewster, ace recruiter, Dre Bly, defensive backs coach. Remember him? He was a heck of a player himself. This was a guy that they locked in on the day they got hired, okay, and went hard after Cameron Kelly. Uh, it didn't work out for them, but the, I think he's the sleeper of the class, one of one of two that nobody talks about. The other one would be Colby Wooden, 6'4", 235-pound buck, super athletic, may need a year of seasoning, but I think the upside's huge with him. Auburn beat out Clemson to land Colby Wooden out of uh, Archer High School in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Nobody talks about those guys. I think at tight end, you've got two guys, Tyler Fromm and Luke Deal, that, you know, with J.J. Wilson, a story that you broke, with him coming in as an H-back grad transfer, Auburn could take its time, Brandon, with these two guys, but the future's bright, both 6'5 in the 230 to 240 range. Both can do a lot of things. They've got to get more athletic. They've got to get stronger. They've got to get quicker. But, again, now having J.J. Wilson on the way, giving uh, that he's kind of the bridge. He's the, the bridge between – the present and the future at tight end. I like those guys. I think at running back, Auburn's got two really good guys. Mark Anthony Richards, four-star top 100 recruit, and DJ Williams, a four-star. In fact, Brandon, I, I, you know, if you look at the running back classes across the country, you're not going to find many with this, with this level of Oh, I love these two guys. Yeah. They yeah. complement each other so well. Yeah, they really do. And Mark Anthony Richards can line up all over the place. So you can theoretically have him on the field. It doesn't have to be one at a time. It can be DJ Williams in the backfield and Mark Anthony Richards lined out wide. You put those guys in at the same time and you're really giving defensive defenses unique looks. You know, they compare Mark Anthony Richards to Carryon Johnson. He may be more athletic than Kerryon Johnson, if we're being honest here. I think he's got more more breakaway speed, more acceleration. Now, is he going to be the player Kerryon Johnson was? That Well, that might be hard to, to top, but he can do a lot of different things. You could see him returning kicks. Uh, I mean, they, these two guys are special. Got to stay healthy. Got to learn how to, to play at the SEC level, obviously. You just never know, but the ability is there. DJ Williams is already on campus. Mark Anthony Richards will be there later on. I think on the defensive line, there's a lot of talent. Uh Charles Moore's got most of the pub, but to be honest with you, I think Jaron Handy's really the guy to watch. Stone, they call him Stone Handy. Strong side end, could eventually move inside. I mean, you know, Brandon Auburn got three of the top nine players from the state of Mississippi, and all of them are going to play along the defensive line. One of them's a buck, which, you know, whatever. I mean, we call it buck linebacker, but they're coached by Rodney Garner. I think I think that says all you need to know. But three of the top nine players in the state of Mississippi are going to be playing on the Auburn defensive line. So I think they did good there. Uh, you know, a, a real, another real sleeper, I think, you know, usually these late guys, a lot of times they don't pan out because they're you're just throwing offers around. Uh, Octavius Brothers, though, is an intriguing prospect, Brandon, at the linebacker position. Because even though he was a late addition, Auburn really started recruiting him late in the fall when they realized maybe it wasn't going to work out with some other linebacker targets. He was committed to uh, to UCF at one time, okay? And I think most people can agree whether you hate, you're sick of hearing about you. I know you make fun of UCF all the time for their national championship claims, but they have evaluated Brandon probably as well as anybody in the country. Because look, Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, they get their pick of the litter, right? They, they get their pick of the litter. They look, they can look at the rankings and just kind of say, let's go after this guy and that guy. UCF can't do that. They have to truly evaluate guys and project them out. And they've done an unbelievable job of that. I mean, I mean, unbelievable. They lost their bowl game, but 
They ain't lost many games the last few years, okay? So this guy was committed to them. A great early evaluation. Another one from UCF. Super athletic. Really good basketball player, too. So Auburn thinks they got a real steal there. Miami and North Carolina also came in late. Really liked them. Georgia Tech, too. But Auburn won out. And, uh, you know, I think he compliments five-star Owen Popo nicely. So, I, you know, again, there's a lot of good players in this class. I mean, we haven't even talked about Zion Puckett, a defensive back that was playing nickel during bowl practice but could be a corner, could be a safety. Uh, you know, I, I'm friendly with some people that coach at Ohio State. And, you know, quite frankly, he was their number one defensive back target. And he, he signed with Auburn. Ohio State. He could be big. He, he could be big for Auburn in the nickel or star position because the one weakness Auburn had on defense last year was that spot, and Auburn had to shade a lot across the field to try and compensate for that weakness, and it cost them in some games. LSU is the game that especially sticks out in my mind, and Tennessee. If Auburn can shore that up, up that position, I think they got a top five defense. Well, now who knows if he's going to be ready to go right away? But he's there already. He's sure workouts going through spring unbelievable kid when you talk about character i mean you never really know gosh i mean sometimes brandon you and i oh this kid's a good kid next thing you know two weeks later they're arrested so you don't really know but in terms of what the auburn staff thinks is a high character guy this guy's at the top of the list but again ohio state got as many guys playing on sundays as just about anybody right and they thought this guy was something special Georgia wanted him bad. He wouldn't give them the time of day, not because he didn't like Georgia. He was just a kid that always said, I want to play out of state. So Auburn, that is a huge, huge pickup there. Now, again, let's see what he can do. He's a super athletic guy. I don't think he had a great senior year, quite frankly, uh, but he had to play multiple positions. So what happens is a lot of these guys, Brandon, uh, you and I never knew this because, uh, my, well, I don't know about you, my athletic uh, attributes weren't that special. Whatever I did, it was one position. A lot of these guys play 10 positions, So when they like Cameron Kelly. So then when they get to college, they're just focusing on one or two, and that's it. And that's when these guys take off. That's when they take off. I think about Joe Hayden having been a, a quarterback in high school, getting to Florida, and then just taking off at cornerback. Uh, Mark Anthony Richards has played multiple positions. He even played quarterback in a game this year out of knee. He, uh, you know what? I, as a matter of fact, I could tell you something about him, Brandon. You were raving about him earlier. Uh, a friend of mine is very, very close. Uh, well, I'll just say there's an SEC West staff out there, very big program that thought Mark Anthony Richards was the best player in the country at a certain position, not running back, safety. Okay. This guy's, <laughs> yeah, that's how good of an athlete this guy is. And remember, Carry on Johnson, when he was getting recruited, a lot of people said he's a safety, he's the best safety in the country. So now people think this guy might be the best safety in the country. He's going to Auburn at running back. So special. Athletes, you know, it's crazy. You know? It's crazy how many great running backs in the past have had that label on them. As you mentioned, yeah, it's funny. Carry on Johnson. You're mentioning Mark Anthony Richards. And I remember two time Heisman runner up, Derek McFadden came into Arkansas and there was talk of moving him to safety yeah. <laughs> and he played running back. And then of course, well, the rest was, is history. How tall was he? Like six, two. Yeah, he was an upright runner guy. Remember, I mean, he, he, yeah, remember, he was a lot like Eric Dickerson. Yeah, remember for a while there, people started going to the 5'10", 5'11 guys exclusively because they thought the knees were exposed and all that. And then guys like Darren McFadden and uh, uh, Derrick Henry came along and now Todd Gurley and everybody's like, yeah, that doesn't really matter. These guys don't play that long anyway. You might as well get – if a guy's really good, you might as well squeeze the five, six years if you're an NFL team out of him that you can. I mean, you know. Uh, Mark Anthony Richards, six foot one, 195 pounds, little taller than carry on built just like him though. I, I see the comparisons. I mean, I, I absolutely see them. So when Gus says it, 
it's not just Gus kind of being Gus sometimes, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of just, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I see it. I, I, he's, he's a really good player. Now he comes, you know, Palm Beach County isn't Broward County or Dade County, but there's been a lot of good players come out of there. And, uh, you know, he wasn't on a great team. He had to do a lot, 3000 all purpose yards. You know, I, he's got a lot of ability, but you know, Brandon, again, this comes back to, man, we're talking about a lot of guys. We ain't talking about a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, probably the best of the group is Keandre Jones. We didn't rank him as high as some other people at 24-7 sports, but ESPN had him the number one guard in the country. He needs to lose a little weight. When he's a little bit lighter, he's really good. And he's a high IQ kid, high character kid, got a lot of leadership qualities, uh, kind of helped keep the class together in November, December when, it, gosh, we didn't know if Gus Malzahn was even going to keep his job. So he showed some leadership skills there. So there, there's a lot in this class. Um a lot to build on. And, you know, there was a lot in last year's class. Again, the only question is that offensive line. That That's really it. No, most definitely. And I, I still have questions about, you know, the returning five right now and whether they can be above average this yeah. upcoming season. I thought they played better near the end of the season in 2018 and especially played well in the Music City Bowl. Purdue was just horrible on defense. I've never seen – a uh, FBS team in a bowl game as slow as them, to be quite honest, uh, on defense. Wow. But uh, Auburn's offensive line, the, the, the big thing you got to keep in mind here is that keeping them together and them all working together for one, sh one year, that usually uh, brings out the best in the line going into year two. And I think it's just a huge, huge thing that Prince Tega is coming back at left tackle I mean, talking to him on Monday, oh my goodness. I, I forget how big and strong and long he is. That's a guy that any NFL team, if they were sitting in the room that we were sitting in interviewing these players Monday, they would have looked at Prince Tega immediately and go, uh, we need to try and find figure out a way to draft this guy uh, on the second day. But he chose to stay at Auburn. He's kind of a guy that everybody projects – as being a better player here in three or four years. But for Auburn right now, he's exactly what they need. And as you said, in 2020 and beyond, left tackle is going to be a big issue. And the reason for that is because Auburn's going to, I think, after this upcoming season, be pretty spoiled about what Prince Tegg is able to do at the left tackle spot. But we'll see. I think the big thing here, obviously, as we talked about throughout this show, 2020, they have got to get some really good offensive linemen that a few can step in, contribute immediately in the two deep, but they need some guys that they can properly develop and pan out because for whatever reason over the last four or five years, Auburn has not recruited many players out of high school that have panned out and have developed during that time. And that's a little bit disappointing for the Tigers. We'll see what happens, but looks like they could sign up to seven guys, maybe even eight <laughs> based off what I've been told going into the 2020 class along the offensive line. It's going to be interesting to watch. Auburn right now has five commitments for the 2020 class, including Avery Jernigan, the offensive tackle out of Pierce County in Georgia, as we mentioned, recruited, he committed Thursday, the day after the 2019 National Signing Day. Four-star kid. He's ranked 36th at his position. Coaches believe he'll play inside instead of at tackle. He's listed at 6'3", 278. Uh, Keith believes he's about 6'4", 290. We'll see what happens with him. 
Auburn, of course, trying to get back into that top 10 category. And as I said, they were close to getting that in 2019. Had George Pickens, five-star receiver out of Hoover, stuck with Auburn, Auburn would have the number six recruiting class. That's quite the jump for just one player, but that tells you just how much these five-star kids really matter in the rankings, at least. We'll find out here soon enough how some of these early enrollees for Auburn perform because Auburn starts practices March 18th, the latest start date for spring practices so far in the Gus Malzahn era. And the guy I'm looking so much to, to, to watching, it's not necessarily Bo Nix. Of course, I'm interested in seeing Bo Nix and these quarterbacks go after it. But man, I can't wait to see DJ Williams working out. Uh, I am really interested in that. Keith, your quick thoughts on some of these early enrollees at Auburn. Who do you think could really stand out in spring practices? Jump back to the offensive line. I I, I do think you you bringing up Calvin Ashley. I, he could be the key to everything, man. If if they can get him back on track, he could really be the key to everything on that offensive line. But early enrollees, I mean, Bo Nix, obviously. I mean, I mean, how do you? I mean, it's he's the guy. I mean, you know, he's he's the guy. But uh, uh, Cameron Kelly. How quickly can he get acclimated? You know, Auburn's secondary had some veterans last year, but also had some young guys, struggles at times, uh, need more bodies there, need more help. I think he can be a really good player. Uh, Tyler Fromm at the tight end position, he's got a lot of uh, growth ahead to be ready to play, but, you know, he's a pass-catching tight end. Uh, Zion Puckett. I mean, Zion Puckett is a guy that can most definitely help in the secondary this year. And then, obviously, Owen Popo's already at Auburn, too. Now, you know, he's an undersized linebacker, could be a star guy. He could play all over the place. I think he's going to make a year one impact on special teams. Uh, I, he's just a really good all-around player. Is he ready for the physical nature of SEC football yet? That's the question mark. He can make the plays, uh, but he's got to become a better tackler, stronger tackler. But, man, he could fly all over the field. They're going to put him in space. They're going to find a role for him, trust me. All right, well, there you go. Recapping the 2019 class, looking ahead to 2020. Auburn already got a big offensive lineman in Avery Jernigan. We're going to find out some more about some of these 2019 kids as spring practices start in March. For Keith Niebuhr, I'm Brandon Marcel. Thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We'll see you down the road.